When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest movies and televisions in the entertainment industry each week. I am your host, Justin Strawn, and joining me each week is the other host of the Main Attraction Podcast, our show's Jedi Master, Ryan Nelson. Justin, I'm here to talk about the kid, and I guess that Bubba Fett cameo? (laughs) It's basically what it was this week. He he got a cameo on his own show. Yeah. Uh, uh, We hope you enjoyed the first two episodes of our podcast, and if you have, we're picking up where we left off last week in reviewing the sixth episode of Peacemaker titled Mern After Reading and the book of Din Jaren. Oh, excuse me, uh, the the book of Boba Fett uh, titled uh, From the Desert Comes a Stranger. If you do enjoy the show and you want to help support the show and get exclusive content, head over to our Patreon and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Just go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast, and you can support us at a $3 level, which will allow you to vote once a month on a show or movie that we will be reviewing here on the podcast. The $5 level, which will get you access to an exclusive Patreon only podcast uh the $10 level which will give you all those benefits plus you'll get access to a group me chat with me ryan and anybody else who's at that level and a $20 level where twice a year you can come on the show and review a show or movie with us of your choosing so uh, those are all out there and if you want some more details just go over to patreon.com and check those out we had two patrons join this week and they're getting exclusive bonus content for the podcast this week we did our origin story as the sideshow attraction for uh, this week's patron only uh, content our first patron at the five dollar level is will griffin who we think is a friend of ryan's that's correct it is it is yeah awesome so uh glad to have really, him really and he's he's an entertainment nerd awesome we, we want all the entertainment nerds that we can find yeah. Uh, also joining us at the $10 level is Maggie H. We think that's a friend of Ryan's, but we can't that be is, certain. It oh, is. it is? Okay. Yes. Maggie Hicks, an- another fan of TV and loving Bubba Fett, by the way. Oh, awesome. Well, then, well she's going to have a lot to listen to on this week's episode. Uh, if you like the show but can't be a patron, head over to Apple and Spotify and leave us a five-star rating. It goes a long way in helping the show to get out to new people. And if you have time, write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts. And if you do, we'll read it on our next show just like we did with our first uh, review on Apple Podcasts this week. It comes from Russ123454345468. Uh, and it's titled Just Wow Uh, he said about the show what a show I felt like I was listening to the director talk Uh, we're pretty sure that's Ryan's brother (laughs) <laughs> yes, uh, I'm pretty certain, especially there was uh, some misspellings in the, <laughs> in the review. That may have given him away. Well, you know what? If you, if people want to review us, they want us to misspell stuff all the time, more That's power right. to them. You don't have to be Ryan's brother. You don't have to be my brother. You don't have to be our family, our friends. 
anybody, we will take those reviews because, like I said, that puts our show in other people's recommendations. And honestly, that's how I found a lot of the podcasts I listen to, just looking at the recommendations in Spotify and Apple. So uh, if you want to give us a review, that will absolutely 100% help us out, and we would truly appreciate it. All right. Are we ready to get into this? Let's do it. All right. We're going to be starting with the Book of Boba Fett this week. Last week, we started with Peacemaker. We're starting Book of Boba Fett this week. Before we get into this, though, let me ask you this. Of these two shows, which are you enjoying more? Oh, Peacemaker. Yeah. Hands down. I am too. I'm enjoying it more hands down, just like you are. However, I think we're going to have a lot more to say about Boba Fett. Yeah, Uh, for sure. Just because, and that's just, there's a lot going on in this episode. A lot going on. Uh, And really in the series in general, especially since they reintroduced Mandalorian back into into the Star Wars universe through this through this television show, we're getting there's there's just a lot more that needs to be discussed. And Peacemaker, it's it's, it's a little bit more straightforward. Uh, so that's one reason why I think we won't spend as much time on it. But we're definitely there's still plenty to talk about with it when oh, yeah. we get to it. So, uh, all right, we got to talk about this. Does it matter that? Two of the seven episodes, over 25% of the show, the title character is going to be an afterthought. I I want to say yes. It's it's weird, for sure. Right. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Boba Fett was in for one minute tonight, and he didn't say a word. He didn't say a word. <laughs> um, you know, wh- why didn't they call this the Book of Bounty Hunters? Well, you know, I'm wondering... This is the only thing I've been able to come up with on this. Uh, they call it the Book of Boba Fett. You know, the Mandalorian was just the Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. Ahsoka is getting her show. It's going to be Ahsoka. Uh, you know, the the Marvel stuff. It was you know, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It was Loki. This is the book of. You know, when you read a book, you often get side stories that give more depth and more. And I'm wondering if that's the reason they titled it the way they did. Okay, that's. That's a good point. And you I know, think, in, a, yeah, in a book, you the other characters, you know, usually get their own chapter. That that's fair. Yeah, I, I, and I'm, I think I'm kind of reaching for this, but that's the only thing I can come up with because, like I said, it's called the Book of Boba Fett. It's not just called Boba Fett. It's called the Book yeah. of Boba Fett. So I, I, I don't know. I, I gotta say that makes the most sense of anything I've heard. I mean, it's the only thing I've been able to come up with because I've been trying. I've been racking my brain because. We're going to heap praise upon this episode. I'm pretty certain. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but so let's before, before we do that, let's go ahead and get into some negatives. What are any negatives you had about this episode, which was called, like I said earlier, uh, "From the Desert Comes a Stranger"? Man, um, negatives. I really don't have any. You will have to uh, remind me what the negatives. Okay. Are, I, I, I don't. Nothing stands out to me well the only thing that i mean once again boba fett is is not really on there okay besides that that's that could be a negative the only other thing is apparently you know we're going to have this war with the pikes next week yeah and you would think that the penultimate episode they'd really be selling you on that and and i I don't care about that at all (laughs) to be honest with you i think they tried to sell it at Uh, they did with with uh is it cad bane they tried to sell Cad Bane, and then and they went and – oh, crap, I can't remember. Uh, who is Jennifer Beale's character's name? Uh, Garza Fuet. Yeah, Garza Fuet. Which, re, which, rest in peace, and Jennifer Beale's just looking incredible. 
I looked up. She's fifty eight, and she mm-hmm. looks like she did in Flashdance. So good for her. Yes, yeah, she does. And was really doing well in this role. I hated to see her go. Well, I'll be interested to see how that plays out because you don't see her die on screen. You yeah, just, that you're right. You're so, right. So I mean, that's always one of those things you'll be interested to see. I had there are a lot of people who were thinking that you know who were speculating that this was her trying to like it's she's playing like. A, a double con here with with Mando, uh, and she like wants to fake her death or something. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I, I think that's a bit far fetched, but I'll be interested to see if she is if she is dead. Uh, so I'm, that's something I'm have to, that's something they're going to have to resolve next week in the finale. But but like I said, that's the only other thing that they've really done to make us kind of think about this Pike War. And you know they had the meeting, uh, yeah. it, it, But like I said, it's nothing that was like saying. Wow, I'm really interested in that. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. They really. Uh, I, I was reading something, and, and I think this made a good point. You know, the very first scene, the one with uh, Cobb Vanth with mm. the great Timothy Oliphant. What don't you think that scene would have been better a couple of episodes ago? Yeah, I think I think it would have been, but I think they also wanted to, because they were bringing. Uh, because they were bringing Cad Bane in, because they were bringing Cad Bane into this episode, and they were going to have this this shoot off, uh, this this duel basically. Right. I think they they wanted to remind people. They they didn't want people to forget about it. Like if they'd done that scene two episodes ago, and then they call they call back to Cad Bane, I think people might have forgotten about it and would have probably had the same impact. Uh, so I think that's probably one of the reasons why. Okay. They, why, why and, and is spice like cocaine or something? <laughs> Spice is basically. Did you see Dune? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's it comes from that. Uh, we talked about this. Uh, I guess it was last week mm-hmm. when uh, George Lucas was heavily influenced by the Book of Dune. Uh, he read the book. I don't know if he read any of the additional ones. No, I'm not. No, no. Uh, but he read the book. He read the the original Dune. I don't know if he's read any more. But that is a huge influence on him. And Spice, of course, is in Dune. Now it's it's basically like a drug. Uh, and we don't really know what type of drug it is. I, there was a podcast I was listening to that was d- debating about what does this do. I, I honestly don't know. My guess is it's probably uh, it's probably along like cocaine, if I had to guess. But yeah. I, I'm not sure. I had somebody actually give a better description. I, mean, I can't remember what they said, and uh, it ticks me off that it, I was driving when I, when I was listening to it. I think you used to write it down, but there was actually a better description of what they thought it, it actually did. But, uh, but yeah, it's, a, it's basically a drug. Uh, and they, that's the reason why Tatooine is so important to so many people is because the fact that it's the only place you can get it, just like Arrakis and Dune is the only place you can get it. So, uh, but let's go ahead and kind of get into a little bit more specifics about the episode itself. Obviously they bring Cobb Vance back, who is played by the legendary Timothy Oliphant. Is he the best on-screen cowboy since John Wayne? Absolutely. Uh, and I mentioned I was such a big fan of his last week, mm. so you know I was going crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if you've, if you've wanted to watch Justified, uh, the TV show, this this is Raylan Givens. Timothy Oliphant played Raylan Givens in Justified, where he was a, he was a federal marshal mm. wearing a cowboy hat. This is... Raylan Gibbons in space. This yeah. is the shootout. He looked just like it. So yes, he is the best cowboy. He was also in Deadwood. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I, I'm going to talk about Deadwood Easter egg in a few minutes. Okay. Uh, so he he's very good at playing a cowboy, and his shootout scene was very smooth. Yes, it was. I, I was I was very excited. I even wonder. Uh, I wonder if they're not setting up an Oliphant spinoff because he's the biggest star in this. 
of, yeah. of the story. I mean, he's probably bigger than Pedro Pascal. He probably is. Is and, he bigger and, than Rosario Dawson? Yeah, that's they're about. Yeah, that's a good good question. I forgot about her being it, but he's people know him as yeah, a TV star. Now, granted, he's about to do Justified another season. Uh, they're gonna have another sh- another like limited mm. series of that. But I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like we're setting up something for him in the future. Yeah, I think I think they are too. I, I think I don't think he's dead. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. We'll yeah. get we'll get to that later on. But uh, yeah, I think they're definitely setting up something for him and they should because oh, yeah. it was a character that a lot of people thought wasn't going to be included in anything he's because his character is in the books that they basically said weren't canon uh when disney bought him uh, they called him the, they were the legend stories but they they've done basically they've done a lot of bringing those characters back into the canon uh with this show and with some of the animated stuff as well so a lot of people were happy to see him oh, actually make it and i was gonna say when we're thinking about Cobb, like is there like a salon on Tatooine? Because he's looking good. Like everyone else is <laughs> terrible. Like he has like perfect hair. Yes, he does. He's got like full stubble. Like the the outfit looks smooth. I'm like maybe I he mean, flies a barber in. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like now Timothy Olyphant's a very handsome man, so it's it's easy for him. But like like the hair was looking too good to yeah. you know, compared to the rest of the cast. Yeah, that's just not fair. That man is 53 years old. I know, and he looks. He, yeah, and he looks way better than us. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> he looks way better than us. And, He's... And, and, and a little like the, the the coolness and the swagger. Uh, and in fact, uh, I'm going to bring up several of his lines. This this was a really good episode for him. Yeah, he, it was. he got he got some uh, consideration for Tyrion because uh, he really he really got to star in this one and, and show his skills. And he has a yeah. lot of. If he'd been on the, if he'd been in the episode more, he probably would have taken it. Yeah, but he wasn't yeah. he wasn't in it enough. Yeah. Uh, all right, but then basically Mando, we see him uh, flying off to visit this planet. We don't know what this planet is. We just know that it's the planet where he sets up he's setting up his school, uh, and he's visiting Grogu. And you know, one of the things that I was talking about last week with episode uh, five of this show was you know. Mando just overshadows Boba Fett every time he's going to be there. So not only do we have Mando this week, we have R2-D2, we have Ahsoka, we have Cad Bane, we have Cobb Vanth, and we have Luke frickin' Skywalker. Uh, so, I mean, they said, oh, we'll just overshadow him big time now. Uh, so we get R2-D2, and I love this Yeah, no, no, no chance. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, he he had no, Boba Fett had no chance. No, he didn't. No. Not with all the people they're bringing in. That's probably why they just said, all right, we're just going to put it sidelining for a second straight week is because of all the people they were bringing in. Uh, but I love the scene with R2-D2, like, because Mando is obviously wanting something from R2-D2, and R2-D2 is just doing his best to distract him. Even though, and you know that watching him, even though you can't understand the thing he's bleeping and blooping, you know that basically R2 is just distracting him. And that's one of the things I love about that little droid is even though we've never understood a a thing that he has communicated, we still know what he's communicating. Uh, So that's one of the things I I loved about that. And then we get Ahsoka. Uh, Well, we'll get to her in just a second, uh, who's played by Rosario Dawson. But we get the first bit of the training montage with Luke and Grogu. And obviously we need to talk about Luke. 
thoughts on the CGI digital de aging, whatever it may be that we're. I I think it's really good. I, I it wasn't as good in the Mandalorian. No, it wasn't. Uh, but they they have picked it up. Uh, I know some people don't like the voice thing. It doesn't bother me. I don't know why. Yeah. It I, I thought they did a really good job, especially... Did you watch The Irishman? No, I did not. Okay, so supposedly they de-aged you know, those guys, and they mm. looked the, about the same. So mm. <laughs> I, I don't know... Uh, the, I'm sorry, The Irishman, it was like Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe right. Pesci. They're supposed to de-age them till their 40s, and they look the exact same as their 70-year-old self. <laughs> well, they kind of always looked old. So yeah, yeah that's another thing. But yeah, I thought Luke re- really good. Like, that... Um, the de-aging, the CGI, whatever it is. Uh, it didn't distract me at all. I, was, I yeah. was really into it. I think that they made a smart plan with this is when they kept him as still as possible uh, when they were doing the close-ups, when they were really getting you in on his face because the stiller it is, the stiller he is, the more, the easier it is to get those that CGI down to get that de-aging process down. When he was doing the flips and stuff with Grogu on his back later on in the episode, you'll notice you don't see him as up close as much, and you don't get a real good picture of his, of his face at that point. It's, so they try to keep him as still as possible, and it helps out a lot. You mentioned the voice thing. The voice thing you're referring to, uh, if people aren't aware, they didn't use Mark Hamill's voice. Uh, he didn't read any lines for this at all. They used this program that they have where they like it captured previous words that he had said and, and it basically created the voice for him and I, i'll be honest with you like you said it didn't bother me because i didn't know that's how they did it until i read about it right so uh that's one of the things that i liked about it i thought it, like i said i thought it went well but there are gonna be people who complain regardless so yeah and and we just need to get used to this because Disney has been scanning everybody in the Marvel and Star Wars universe <laughs> when they come on board. So we're going to be seeing these people for decades. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. So the, the, they'll do whatever. And like I said, in this process, this de aging stuff, it's, it's only going to get better. Uh, so they're oh going, yeah. And so they're going to they're going to do it for a while. Uh, so we get Grogu back, and obviously everybody loves Grogu. Uh, were you surprised that we got? Well, let's just. In general, with all these people, were you surprised that we got as much as we did? Absolutely. I mean, it was like one thing after another. Yeah. I mean, it was it was crazy. And I was going to mention, you know, R2-D2, C-3PO, and Chewbacca from the original movies, anytime they show up in anything, like, to me, it just warms my heart. I get this nostalgia feeling. I just, yeah. I, I feel like a kid again. And I'm just so happy when I see them, those three, uh, those three characters. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. I mean, you get you get warm, fuzzy feelings. It's like a warm blanket you yeah. just wrap yourself up in. But one of the things that I liked, one of the things that that continues to make the other episodes of this show kind of you know pale in comparison to these last two episodes that we got. You know, we talked last week about the one thing that episode five had that none of the previous ones had was you know the levity, the fun. Yeah. That was very apparent in the fifth episode of Boba Fett. This episode, we don't have a lot of levity. We have a lot of heart. We have a lot of emotion. And that's another thing that just continues to miss. I mean, they're trying to get us attached and trying to get us to care about these characters they've created in the book of Boba Fett. But they haven't done it to the way that we did with any of these others, especially Luke and Grogu, who we spent a lot of time with this episode. 
Yeah, you, you really nailed it, man. That's a lot of heart in this one. This 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 episode brings back so many, you know, memories of watching these as as a child, and just so many fond memories. It, it, like you said, a warm blanket. That that's a good way of describing it. And the, what they are trying to do in this episode, they are trying to. There are so many callbacks to the Empire Strikes Back because there's that they flip those roles. You got Luke, who's now the the, the master teacher, and you got the little green guy who is just trying to learn. Uh, you know, there's part of me that wonders if. Luke was reveling just to touch that. Yeah, now I'm giving it to the little green guy instead of the other way around. Uh, but, you know, and it could have been done poorly. It could have just been, all right, well, this is just nostalgia. It's just it's just for the fanboys out there. But it's doing a really good job of really telling the story. And let me ask you this. If we had gotten these stories, and if we gotten this, we'd come to see this this story of Boba Fett, of Luke, of Grogu, do you think it would have changed people's opinion about The Last Jedi? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. If this would come out first? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because what's what was the biggest thing that people had a complaint uh, complaints about in The Last Jedi? They hated the way Luke Skywalker was. They hated the way he, he was portrayed. And the reason why people hated the way he was portrayed, because you probably just like I was and like every other Star Wars fan, after the Return of the Jedi had completed, after it was over, we all had in our head what Luke did. And I probably for everybody, it probably goes something along the lines of he becomes a great Jedi, he becomes this great teacher, and trains all these Jedi. And the problem is there's... It's been 30 years, over 30 years from Return of the Jedi to The Last Jedi. And things didn't go as, as, as he had hoped. And yeah. if we had seen this, if we had seen like him getting Grogu, and you know, you see the frustration on Luke that Grogu, it's not that he's not getting it. It's, he even mentions at one point, you know, he doesn't know that Grogu's heart's in it. Right. And you see that frustration. And, and, and if you see Luke dealing with these things, and later on, whatever he deals with his, with his other 12 students and with his, with his nephew, I think you would probably understand and accept a much more hardened, a much more uh, you know, downtrodden Luke that we got in The Last Jedi than if we'd seen all these episodes, if we'd seen this story being built out. That's yeah, it does. That's that's a very good point, and because we'd already seen that when when Ahsoka says, "Well, this is the safest place you, he can possibly be," I'm like, "No, it, it <laughs> no, isn't. No, it isn't." And that's and that's one of those things where I like the fact that they are not trying to completely redo the Last Jedi. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, I know a lot of people didn't like it. I, I like there were it had its issues. Don't get me yeah, wrong, yeah, yeah. it had its issues, but I enjoyed the film. Uh, I think it's to me the Last Jedi is a very well-made film that told a story people didn't want. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're not trying to undo that. They're just trying to basically give you context and get you to where the Last Jedi was. And I think if we, like I said, if we'd gotten some of these stories about Luke prior to that, then it would probably the last year I probably would have gone over better. But maybe, like I said, that's that's just what I, when I was watching this episode, that's a lot of what I was thinking about. Uh, are you disappointed when we got the flashback to Order 66, when they did that little flashback? Are you disappointed that we didn't find out who saved Grogu? Uh, I really didn't know anything about Order 66. Uh, that didn't, I know that's from the that's from the Clone Wars. Yeah, well, it's from the it's from the attack. It's from the Revenge of the Sith, the last uh, the last prequel movie. 
Man, I can't remember. I don't yeah. even remember those movies. I've blocked them out. So. <laughs> I actually watched them a while back. I mean, they're, those, the prequels to me are, I, look, I know they're not good. I know they're bad. I mean, the dialogue is terrible. It's campy. It's horrific. But it's, you know, it's still Star Wars to me. It's still guys yeah. with the lightsabers, and it's still guys with force. So I still, I still enjoy it, even though I know it. Like I said, objectively, I know it's horrible. <laughs> but I still enjoy it. So uh, I'll watch it the other day, and I cringe through a lot of it, but I'm like, okay, I'll still get there. But yeah, the, the Order 66, it happens at the end of Revenge of the Sith where uh, Emperor Palpatine orders the stormtroopers to kill the Jedi. Uh, and that's when that's the scene that we're seeing when Luke recalls his memories for him. Uh, you know, that's been the thing that people have been wondering. Who saved Grogu? And I was hoping, I was, when when he brought it back his memories, I was hoping we'd see who it was, and we didn't see who it was. Were you disappointed that we didn't see who it was? Uh, I mean, honestly, because I didn't know that, it, it didn't affect yeah. me. Like I said, I was disappointed, but maybe, I, like, I, I don't know if I was alone in those regards. But, yeah, no, I, I think there's probably a lot of people, I think most people aren't like me that don't remember the <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I'm a bad fan. <laughs> no, no, you're not. You're not a bad fan at all. Trust me, you, you probably shouldn't watch those movies ever again i shouldn't either but <laughs> nevertheless i do uh all right so uh while while this is going on you have ahsoka who is excellently played by rosario dawson uh, yeah. uh obviously if people don't know who ahsoka is and this is one of the great things i think that they do right on this show and on the mandalorian whenever they bring in dave filoni specific ip they put him in the director chair uh, uh, yeah. And Ahsoka, if you don't know, if people don't aren't, if they didn't watch the Clone Wars, if they didn't watch Rebels, and I didn't watch, I've watched some of them, I haven't watched all of it, uh, but for those people who, for the people who did, they know this about Dave Filoni with Ahsoka. Ahsoka is like his main thing. That's like where his heart is attached the most uh, for all the stuff that he created in those animated shows, Ahsoka is like just the person who he clings to. And that's like his favorite character that he's created. Uh, so whenever you see her on screen, you know that probably Dave Filoni's behind the director's chair on that one. Uh, but, and it's, and it's smart because he handles her in a way. I think that is just absolutely brilliant from seeing from back in the fifth chapter of the Mandalorian to this one. And probably in her own show, because she has conflicting thoughts on the Jedi. Uh, she didn't finish her Jedi training. People, I don't know if people realize that. Uh, they, they talk about that in the Mandalorian, in the second season of Mandalorian. She didn't finish her Jedi training. She was actually kicked out of the Jedi Order. They asked her back, uh, but they, they, she says, you know what, I've got to go my own way. Uh, but she gets conflicting. She has some conflicting thoughts about Grogu being trained, and I think she does a really good job of portraying that. What did you think? Yeah, I thought I thought she did an excellent job, and uh, you know, of course, Rosario Dawson makes that look that makeup and everything yes. look good. Yes, she does. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I like that. Uh, you know, I kind of read some of the backstory about it, you know her quitting the Jedi and not finishing that. But yeah, she definitely did, and um, she. I really liked um, where she told Luke, uh, "You're so much like your father." Yes, I was going to bring it. That was what I was getting to. Yeah. Next. What did you think Luke was going through in, in his head when he says that? When she says that, I thought he he was probably thinking, "What do you, what do you mean by that? My father's a killer." Yeah, I, I, it's kind of. I think she meant it as a compliment. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do too. Because yeah. in her head, 
she knows, you know, we hold on to the good stuff. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter. The people we love, we hold on to the good stuff. And that Anakin was her trainer. Uh, she was his Padawan. And she's holding on to that good stuff. That's the way that she wants to remember his father. But he never got to know that guy. All he can think of is the guy who killed all these people, who was Darth Vader. So, yeah, he got he got some rede- he got some redemption at the end of Return of the Jedi. But you know, she says it as a compliment. I, I think he takes it as uh, I don't know if I like that so much uh, because uh, that would be tough. I mean, if, oh, if, yeah. if you're not just real thrilled with the way your father turned out, then you know it's it's a difficult that's a difficult thing to hear. But you also have to have context, and you have to remember that. But that was that's a great line in this, just because of the fact that 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 one line, so much like your father, carries a lot of weight. And let's let's do a thirty-seven-year-old spoiler. His dad is Darth Vader. Yes, <laughs> his dad is Darth Vader. If you didn't yes. if you didn't know that, then, then then let's go ahead and get that out in the air right now. But yeah, uh, that, that's a hard thing to take. You're like Darth Vader. I mean, I would I would that that would get me too. It would it, it would it would definitely get you. Like I said, but. She like I said she I think she's putting it to him from you know the positives and just from the standpoint of you know watching Grogu go through this watching him go through this training uh, and seeing the difficulty because Anakin had dealt with a lot of the same difficulties as well when yeah. he was going through his training so and, and I like the way that uh, she talked to Mando and pretty much convinced him to leave yeah uh, that yeah, was. She, and you could tell he didn't want to. Oh, it, no, could, he did not. You could tell it was breaking his heart. I mean, it really was. And that is a credit to Pedro Pascal because once again, he's not in the suit this episode. Episode, uh, he's just reading the lines. But to portray that in the way he's talking is it, it is a it takes a lot of skill as a voice actor to be able to portray those emotions uh, to say, you know, I'm heartbroken. He, he says he's right there. Yeah, you know, I, I came all this way. He's right there, and you know that's just, it, it's just heartbreaking to see him have to do that. And then when he does leave, you see Grogu reach up after him. Oh man, yeah, I mean, that got me. And we'll get we'll, before we get into the rest of this. We'll get into the, uh, well, I'll save the rest of this for the end. So let's go ahead and get back to let's get back to tattooing. Uh, so there's this conversation between Mando and Cobb Vanth. I love – well, let's actually – let's back it up. All right, so when he gets there, we get introduced to the deputy. What, what was your thoughts on the deputy? This guy wasn't going to be around long. No, he wasn't. He was there <laughs> I, to screw stuff up. Yeah, you do. It's like, oh, this guy's going to die. Like, yeah. do, do you know what my, my initial thought was? When, when, when he walks out to Mando to basically tell him to move his car, I was, oh, like, yeah. I was like, okay, so this is the Star Wars Barney Fife. There you go. Yeah, that's good, <laughs> and, yeah. and Cobb yeah. Vanth is Andy Griffith. And <laughs> and this other guy is Barney Fife, and because like he is so wanting to throw his weight around with with Mando, and then when Cad Bane shows up, which we'll get into in just a minute, he's wanting to throw his weight around and show that he's the big guy. And you're like, as soon as you see him do that, you're like, oh poor poor fella, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you're gonna go down. But uh, but we get this conversation between uh. Cobb and Mando, did you ever think that Cobb wasn't going to help out Mando? No, no, you could you could tell. And I've got to give us a, a Deadwood Easter egg. So either Dave Filoni or John Favreau is a big Deadwood fan. Uh-huh. So Deadwood starred Timothy Oliphant, but it also starred the bartender. 
Yes. Is W. Earl Brown. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Deadwood? Uh, no, but I know I know where you're going with this. Though. Okay, so he was the bartender in Deadwood. So right. they were both in there together. So Favreau or, or Filoni is a big Deadwood fan because that was the Easter egg that, that it's the same bartender. And W. Yeah. Earl Brown, you, you would also know him as Warren from There's Something About Mary. Right. Uh, if you don't remember Warren, I'll just give you a little preview. Frankenbeans, Frankenbeans. <laughs> I do. I, he he was really good in that role. I mean, he, he's he's a good character actor. I mean, oh yeah, he's very great, very good character actor. But one of them is a Deadwood fan because that was some that was some Easter eggs. Yeah, and it's just a smart thing to do since they're uh, to bring those two together that has some history together that has some yeah. chemistry together to bring them in. Uh, and you know, Cobb has one of the best lines in the show during this this episode where he tells him I don't remember exactly what it was about. Oh, I got about, it. I, go ahead. <laughs> says, See, that's what I like about you, Mando. That big smile lets you get away with anything. <laughs> of course, he has this helmet on. You can't yeah. see his smile. So that's what makes it great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, just Timothy Oliphant and playing this character, he just, it's, he just has a natural charm to him. He does. That is just so important for this type of a character. Uh, he also is very, even though he's really skinny, lame. Yes, he is. He, he's very intimidating because in the very first scene, and this was one of my uh, potentials for line of the week, where he kept saying, think it through. Right, think it through. Then the way he would say it, too, think it through. Right, that because I mean he delivers it. It's just yeah. a, his cadence, yeah. his delivery, his tone. It's it's just something about that. And, and he's one of the only people who can pull this off. Yes, he is. He's the only one of the people that can pull it off. Did you? One thing I will say this about about his. One thing I I do think he does need. I think he like needs like a coat or something like he had in Justified. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, because the way he pulls at his coat back to get to his mm-hmm. gun or something. It just, yeah, I think it would add a little bit of swagger to him. I mean, he's right, got a, I agree. he's got a ton of swagger as it is, but I think he yeah. needs he needs a little yeah. something else. No, I'm with you. He he could use a coat. That would be that would be good. And we're not used to seeing him without a hat. If right. if you're an Olafant fan, but you know he's showing off the hair. So yes, what he is. Can I say? <laughs> uh, all right. So then we get uh, after. Mando leaves, they go ahead and they bring everybody. Uh, um, Tim the Elephant Cobb Vance says, talks to the bartender and tells him, you know, get all the people of fighting age. And you can tell they're getting ready to go to battle. But then the wind chimes blow. They set the stage. And you see this figure in the desert where the title of this episode comes from. Did you know who that was when you saw it? I'm, I'm guessing no, that. I had no clue. Yeah. I, I actually did the uh, one of the episodes, the only animated series I have watched from beginning to end was The Bad Batch. It's not great, but I was desperate for entertainment back during this time of, of the lockdown, so I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. Uh, but Because uh, they weren't producing much when The Bad Batch was out. It's, yeah. But it's a decent show. It's not great. But I knew who he was just from that. He's, he's in that. He's in like 10 different episodes of uh, The Clone Wars. And he is... He is basically what we kind of think of when we think of Boba Fett. Uh, you know, when people think of Boba Fett before before this before this series and before the Mandalorian, we think of this you know this incredibly ruthless killing guy who has no moral code, who will do anything to uh, get a job and to see that job through. That's Cad Bane. That's who he is. That's what he does. Uh, but what did you think of him when he was? when you first get introduced to him since, since he was a new character to you uh, i thought he was just like really intimidating like very good bad guy and i found out that they 
took his walk from the guy from the good, the bad, the ugly, Lee Van Cleve from that. And he kind of, the way he walked in and, and sauntered in, he looked like that. I liked the, the voice. Yeah. Just the kind of the way he he didn't he didn't full you didn't fully see his face until, until yeah and he wouldn't say who he was I I thought man th- this is a scary character yeah and shout out to I will say this about one thing that they've done really well and it's it's an interesting way that they've done this like uh, I can't remember the uh, the the woman who plays oh what is her name uh, Bo-Katan. Uh, Katie, Katie Sackoff Katie Sackoff plays Bo-Katan. Uh the person who voiced Cad Bank is Corey Burton. These are the characters who actually did it in the animated shows, and so they're bringing them into it, which I think is a great thing. The only yeah. one they haven't done that with is Ahsoka. Ahsoka was voiced by somebody else. She was not voiced by Rosario Dawson. But I think that's because they knew that was going to have her own show. She really wanted yeah. to have star power with that. Uh, but Corey Burton, the, just his his voice, that gravelly voice that he has, it just it provides – I mean – just just the look of him provides enough menace, but it just continues to add on to that menace. I don't, I don't know what he sounds like in real life. I'm sure he's doing something to his voice for that. Yeah. But he just does a, a phenomenal job of just giving you this intimidation from the way he talks and the things that he says. It's just, a, it's just an absolutely incredible character. He's one of the best characters to come out of animated stuff. Uh, if nothing else, you might want to... If Anything I would suggest looking up and watching for the anime stuff, anything that involves Cad Bane. Like, there's like 10 different episodes that uh, it is. His stuff is there because uh, he is he is ruthless. And he can go toe-to-toe with the Jedi. He did it on a number of occasions in the animated stuff. So he's just a great character. And, and to bring him in was just an absolute joy to those who, who were familiar with him. Uh, and... You, you know, it just was one of those things that I think I think it's great that they are bringing in this section of the fandom that really appealed to people like my son's age, even though he didn't watch those cartoons. It just brings them in as they've gotten older. Yeah, it was it was really cool, and that shootout scene. It also showed Oliphant look, looking smooth too, because he wasn't intimidated. He wasn't too intimidated until you know Barney Fife was, was <laughs> messing around. Then he started. Then he looked concerned. Yeah, do you think? Do you think he could have stood a better chance if the deputy wasn't there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he took out those the the um what were the, what are those guys called? The pikes. Uh, the, the pikes. Yeah, yeah, he took them out easily. Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah. So yeah, the the deputy kept. He was worried about him. Right. And and that led to him getting that led to uh, Cobb getting shot. But yeah, that was and and uh, I watched it twice. And the second time, I really really got to really take in that uh that fight because they the duel it, it lasted longer than i remembered right and they really stared down each other it was a really really good scene yeah i mean this that's one of the things that i like about this episode is there is not a lot of action in this episode you get that little gunfight at the beginning that Olafent guns down those pikes and you have this duel scene outside of that there's not really a lot of action and it's one of the absolute best episodes of Star Wars television that we've had in all three of these seasons since this oh, yeah. has been doing it and that's it just goes to show that you can do a lot of you know bells and whistles on screen but if you don't have a good story it's not going to matter and they're just telling an incredible story at this point so uh, alright so let's go ahead and get back to Luke and Grogu real quick if we get to the end of the episode Luke and Grogu are in the temple and they're in their meditation pose and that's when we find out what that present was it was this it was Beskar chainmail uh, and he says you can have it it's from the Mandalorian but he gives him a choice and here's one negative I will say 
First of all, let me ask you this. What do you think Grogu's going to choose? Is he going to choose the lightsaber and be a Jedi, or is he going to choose the chainmail and go back to the Mandalorian? Well, first, I want to, like, say something to Luke, man. What's up with the foundling blocking, man? I know. Come on. <laughs> Can't we share the kid? This is I, this is where I get a little bit frustrated with the character of Luke in general. Yeah. You know, Luke has seen... I mean, he went and he got his training from Yoda, but he left Yoda. He had the attachments. The reason right. why he was as great of a Jedi as he was was because of his attachments. So I don't know why Luke is going back to this. Okay, no attachment. You can't have this. He's going I, – I, I don't – this is the part of the story I don't get. This is the part of Luke's development. I, maybe he just realizes, you know what, I, even though things work, maybe he thinks that maybe just because things did work out back in The Return of the Jedi, that it could have gone a lot worse and it could have played out in a completely different manner. Uh, I, like I said, I just don't get this. Well, why Why is he doing this to Grogu when he saw, when he basically defied Yoda and Obi-Wan in Empire Strikes Back to go save Han and Leia? So there's, a, right. there's so much of this I don't get. But we, we know. Grogu, Grogu's picking the armor. Yeah, I, I, I feel confident that he is. Yeah. But I'm afraid, and it's going to tick me off, <laughs> We're not going to find out for certain until season three of Mandalorian. I don't think we're going to get the answer to this question next next week. Do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. There, there. Th- this was a tease for the Mandalorian season three. We may. This could be an extra scene, another tease, because oh, there's going to be an extra scene next after. Yeah, next there will episode. be. Like they did with so the Boba Fett. So there could be a Grogu scene then. Uh, yeah, like they did. So, but yeah, I, I'm with you. We're not getting the answers. That's actually a good point. I, I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about them doing the the extra tag at the end of, of next week's episode. I, I bet you're right. I bet that's where we get. I bet that's where we get our answer, or, or at least the first hint of an answer. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think they're. I think they're giving Grogu's going to take the the chainmail. He's going to go be with Mando, which is where he needs to be. Yeah. I will say this though. It's interesting. I don't know. Back in June of last year, uh, Star Wars released a poster that had Luke on it, and he had. Uh, he was holding Grogu, and Grogu was levitating these lightsaber parts. And Luke had a yellow kyber crystal. And if you don't know what a kyber crystal is, that's what the that's the crystal that makes the lightsaber a laser sword. Uh, and so he had this yellow one. So I'm interested to see, you know, all right. So if he doesn't get a lightsaber, is he going to still learn how to make one? Is he going to go down the path of Ahsoka, where basically I'm force sensitive, but I but I'm not a Jedi, I'm not a Sith. So there's a lot of interesting questions that obviously they're doing this on purpose so that we can ask these questions and come back in Mandalorian Season 3, uh, which they're good at what they do because we'll all come back and we'll all tune in. All right, uh, let's go ahead and do some weekly awards for this show. All right, so the Tyrion Lannister, who's your Tyrion Lannister for this week's episode of Boba Fett? I mean, if Grogu is going to be an episode, it's going to be him. Yeah, I mean, he was... He steals every... He steals it. Yeah, he steals every scene that's, that's in there. I will say this, though. For Grogu to work, Luke has to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Luke is really good in this in this episode. I was going to say, I considered Luke and Cobb. Uh, yeah. I thought they both both were really well. But, man, Grogu, he's just so dang cute. Yes, he is. I mean, the fact that they have been able to not overdo that, they have they figured out how to make it where it's not just overkill, yeah, is is surprising because it would in lesser hands that would have it would have been overkill. We would have gotten tired of that character already. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, uh, your Agatha all along the best scene of the show. Who does that? Where does that go to? 
So for me, it was Grogu reaching for Mando, and then that led into the training montage. Okay, I like that one. That was up there for me. My personal favorite, though, is the duel between Cobb Vanth and Cad Bane. Um, yeah, that was it. Was really good. That would probably be my second. That was that was my that was my top. I love the scene where uh, competing for it was the. The, the training montage that you were talking about where he's doing the flips and the little yeah. droid thing is shooting at him. Uh, that was probably my second one. It was tough to f- choose between the two. All right. If you come at the King, you best not miss our best line of the episode. Who are you going with? I'm going with, hello, friend. I'm looking for Skywalker. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Uh, I that, went, Go ahead. That one, man, it just, it just gave me the feels, man, especially when I watch it the second time. Right. I went with this one because I really wanted Luke to go a different direction, but I just loved it so much where he sit where they're getting ready. He's got the training droid with him, and he says, you're trying too hard. Don't try. Do. I'm like, come on, say it. Say do or do not. There's no try. I wanted to say that. Yeah, instead. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he gave him his own version, but I was like, oh, come on, Luke. Commit to it. Say it. Uh, but but uh, also, Cobb Vance, uh the small you that, can get away with that that was that was the second line for me yeah that was up there too I, there was a lot to pick from uh so i really like that one as well but yeah the you're trying too hard don't try do because i immediately thought do or do not there yeah is try uh like i said talk some yoda luke come on you can do it <laughs> uh all right so uh all right where does last week we talked about where we thought this show was for us uh on our rating scale where is it sitting for you now so this episode was a five. I mean, it was oh, yeah. a Game of Thrones. It, it was uh, def- yeah. This episode itself was a Game of Thrones. Uh, you know, just I'm going to stick with the with the friends because just of what is this show? Yeah, <laughs> the, the confusion of the show. I, you know, if, if we have a fantastic finale that gives me all the feels, you know, I, I may I may get to a loss, but just because I don't know what this is, I'm still enjoying it. Right, but uh. I, I, uh, you you explained it. The book of that that made sense to me. Well, so I, I think you may be on to something. I hope so because that's the only thing that makes sense. I, it does bump it up to a loss for me. This episode does. Okay. It it bumps it up to a loss for me. But like I said, I, there's a lot of there, I don't know how they're tying this together at the end because I I didn't expect them to make Boba Fett a, a sideshow on. For a second straight yeah. episode, I, I just didn't expect that, but they have. So, so, so let me ask you, since you you bumped it up to a loss, and I think I probably could get to a loss if the finale was good. Is there any way you would give this a Game of Thrones? No, it, it, there, yeah. it, it, there's not. There's there are too many issues with what is this show? Uh, episode episode three itself, yeah. I think, could, will forever keep this thing from getting to a Game of Thrones. But no, I don't think it can. I guess if it's possible that episode seven is just so legendary uh then i maybe i don't know so we'll have to we'll have to see but yeah right now i i don't see it getting to game of thrones it could go back to a friends uh but i don't see i don't think it go to i don't think it go down to a full house for me oh yeah yeah we're looking at a lost or a friends for me yeah yeah yeah, i would say the same all right so let's go ahead and get into the peacemaker (sighs) Another fun episode of Peacemaker. Oh uh, yeah, very fun. It's been it's been consistent the entire time through. Uh, this episode was called Mern After Reading. We get a little, we get a lot more about Mern. We get a lot more about the butterflies. Uh, a lot more happening in this. I think they are absolutely upping the stakes of the show with this episode. Yeah, I agree with you. Learning about uh, the what the butterflies' actual plan is that 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 
was very cool. And then seeing how the butterflies take over a body, I was like, whoa. I know. It's, it's pretty visceral, to, to, yeah. to say the least. Uh, let's talk about, do you have any negatives before we get into the positives of the show? Uh, that the, the scene with the kids didn't go on longer. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those things where, like, you sit there, you watch it, and I, it's one of those things I always forget about because I, I watched it a couple times, and I was like, "Oh yes, that scene, that is such a great scene." But it's one, of the, it's kind of a throwaway scene, but it's such a, yeah. it's so entertaining to watch him sit there and just like diss those kids left and right. R- Rubik's Cube Champ twenty twenty five. And did you notice they had like? Did you watch the credits? They, so. they had those kids listed by what he called them in the credits. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch that now. But yeah, that's how that's how they were listed in the credits. They were listed as whatever it was that he called them. Oh, in. that's hilarious. So, uh, some other, some things that I thought that uh, I thought were negatives. Uh, I don't get the butterfly and having Captain Locke, who's played by Christopher uh, Heyerdahl. He doesn't make a lot of sense before the evil butterfly. I don't get what he's. I, I don't get his character because he's yeah. working with Mern, but he's like killing the cops, which. So I, I, I don't know how... I, I thought he was already a butterfly. Was he was a butterfly. Yeah, he was a butterfly, so he gets taken over by another butterfly, I, I'm assuming, uh, anyway. Okay, his, yeah, his, that was weird. I agree on that. His character's just weird. I don't get him. I get him now because he's got an evil butterfly in him, and he's... So I get that. Uh, you know, the one thing I don't like about this is that they continue to keep things from Christopher. I'm assuming, assuming they will pay this off. Oh yeah, they're going to. And I, but I don't like it now. I don't understand why they, he's obviously proved himself more than I think what they thought he was. So I would think they start t- cluing him in a little bit more. And, and we still haven't figured out why did they choose him. Yeah, we 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 don't know that. I mean, yeah. And this is another thing that they're going to pay off. I'm sure. I don't see the end game for Amanda Waller with a diary. Uh, why is she? I guess just to be a fall guy when this entire thing is over, that's the only thing I can can come up with. That makes sense. Yeah. But, I, yeah. Because I don't know why she would want him to be, have this diary that has all this stuff about the butterflies in it. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, that I, I need more, I need to see more. So those negatives, those are negatives now, but they could become positives if they actually play the story out. So right. uh, we'll see. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the stuff that we love, though, because we do love this episode. Uh, this was uh, Jennifer Holland, who plays Harcourt. She she has been on Twitter repeatedly saying, this is my favorite episode, episode six. So, uh, and I can see why. It's, it's yeah. a, like I said, the stakes are being raised. We're, it's, been a, it's been a fun, goofy show. Now they're trying to give it a little bit more direction. Did you get that same sense? Oh, yeah, I, I think so, too. And I can see why she, she got to show off a little bit this episode. She did. She, she got to show off some acting chops. chops excuse me. Uh, she got to show off some acting chops. She got to do uh, show that she's not just the director's girlfriend. Right. And I think it's, uh, it's, it was a really good uh, spot for her. Uh, now, there's still a lot of insanity. You mentioned the, you mentioned the opening episode with the kids in school, uh, the just – the whole scene where Peacemaker and Vigilante are in the car together. Uh, they still have fun. Even though they're opening yeah. the stakes, they're still having fun with this show, and that's one of the things I love. Yeah. Oh, and I found out uh, Vigilante was Cormac McLegan in the Harry Potter series. Okay, okay. So, Freddie Stroman's character. Yeah, Freddie yes, Stroman, that's Freddy's who he played. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Uh, all right. One of the things I liked about this show, about this episode, excuse me, Eagly, when the when they're trying to escape from the cops, he is he's ruthless when he gets after those cops. Yeah. He starts ripping their eyes out, and 
I'm like, okay, I wasn't expecting that, but all right, I'll I'll, I'll go with it. Yeah, the first cop, he just kind of knocks him down. It knocks him uh, down, knocks him over. Yeah, and then, like you said, man, he just starts really taking out the other ones. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, eventually he's like, whoa, he's hardcore. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was just, it was, it was kind of like shocking to see that you see this bald eagle just ripping people's eyes out and like, oh yeah and yeah. like he's just as much a part of this as as uh peacemaker is so that was that was a fun scene i love absolutely love that scene uh when we get back to the the base or whatever it is i'm not sure what you what you call it that they have uh their office or whatever it is you have this tension that that's going on and one of the things i love about this and maybe this may have actually happened earlier i, I may have had it out of order uh chikudi uji i'll never pronounce his name right yeah, yeah. we actually get we see him to actually develop some character we find out why he's a butterfly we find out why he's killing all these butterflies which was one of the things questions i had last week when we started reviewing the show what do you think about his performance i thought it was really good it was a superb performance and you know he talked about how uh, the, the last episode how he had no emotion but mm. uh you know this this episode you see some emotions yeah you do you know, from, you know, from him and you know hearing why he's trying to stop the butterflies it was, uh he, he really got to show uh, show yeah. off his, his skills and uh I, I still love his character as the mean boss but even yeah. as you know get getting to see him Really, really show his acting chops is, is is impressive. Yeah, he's actually going to be in the next uh, this this performance in this filming the show actually got him a role in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. They haven't really they haven't said what his part uh. is going to be yet. So, but he's going to be in uh, the next James Gunn uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if John Cena is not in some prosthetics in that movie as it well. Wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah. Uh, I'll be interested. I don't know how much the DC Marvel stuff, how much crossover they allow and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I like this episode. I like this part of it just because the fact that, you know, this butterfly that is in, uh, that is in Mern, he is, you know, he's so conflicted. He, he tried, he says, I tried to find the absolute worst person I could find. Even then though, the butterfly's like, but even he could have changed. You know, he knows that they're, yeah. they're, everybody can be saved. Uh, but so he still feels some guilt. He, even though he knew he had to take over this person's body, he still feels guilt about it. So there's just a lot of great things going on. And, and that was also, I mean, right. That's trying to make us feel even more, more for peacemaker who can change as a person, as we're seeing him. Yeah, change as we, a are. Person. we are. Cause he has changed tremendously since yeah. we first yeah. saw him in no, suicide squad. Vigilante may have gotten worse. <laughs> well, true. <laughs> I'll be interested to see if they start to develop his character anymore over these last two episodes because he's still kind of playing the dumb goof up, which a goof off, which is fine. I'll just be interested to see, like I said, if they decide to do anything else with his character over these next couple episodes to make him give him a little bit more agency, give him a little bit more, a little bit more to do besides just be the goofball. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, I love his. Don't get me wrong, I love his character and I love everything that Freddie Stroman is doing with it. I'll just be interested to see if they give him a little bit more to do. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we get the then we get to the butterfly invasion. Uh, we also see oh, what's her name? Song. Is, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Annie Chang as Sonya Song. Sonya Song. That's right. Sonya yeah. Song. Annie. Sophie Song. Sophie. Sophie. Song. Sophie. Thank you. Uh, she's she's kind of been just this, you know 
character that we haven't paid that much attention to. Stereotypical detective on a show right. like this. But now, once the butterfly that was in Senator Golf has gotten into her, now she's become a much different character and you see her change as an actress as well uh and it's just an absolutely great uh, that's the one thing i like about this type of a show and this type of a, a of a you know invasion of the body snatcher type thing is everybody has to be able to adapt their role so she was this hardcore detective that you know straight laced you know don't give me any bull crap now she's now that she's got this leader of the butterfly invasion she has to be different, and that's one of the things I like about her character, and I like about what uh, what you say her name was. I forgot. I don't have uh, Annie Chang. Annie Chang. That's one of the things I liked about the way that she's she's done with this character, and I think she's done excellent. You know, this this was a coming out party for her in this episode. Absolutely, she was outstanding, and, and just a really brilliant performance of someone who's been taken over by body statues, <laughs> and just you know the blood all over her face. Right. I, I loved how she was talking to her uh, partner. Uh, Lachlan Monroe is the guy's name, yeah. uh, but he just the way just the way she was talking to him and everything. She did she got to, she got her chance in this episode. I know I know she had to be really excited about this. And you know one of the things I love is that the the visual of when all those butterflies and their spaceships come down. It reminded me of I don't know if you ever saw the movie. It was back in the eighties. Uh, batteries not included. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It reminded me of that scene where all those robots came mm-hmm. down at the very end of batteries not included because those ships look like batteries not included little ships to me. Yeah. Uh, but it just reminded me of that. These tiny little spaceships came down. These little butterflies come out, and you know you just get a you really get a grasp for just how big of a threat this is because you we haven't really gotten that. The only time they really hinted at it was at the end of episode three where you see potential butterflies you see this map and all these red spots pop up that doesn't really give you the same depth that this does when you see all these butterflies on the screen and they're going into the police station they're going into the prison and they're just taking over everybody that they can so that's one of the things i liked about this you were right and this this really showed how much of a threat they are and they are scary and that was uh the song monster was just really good James yeah. Gunn with his music choices again. Yeah, I was going to actually mention that where they got the song "Monster." I, I'm not familiar with the artist. Either. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't either. But it was, it was, it was a perfect choice of music for it. But also, while they got this stuff going on with with uh, Sophie Song, uh, Captain Song, or Detective Song, uh, they got that stuff going on. They've also got the White Dragon stuff. You get Robert Patrick going into his suit, uh, which was good. He did he look good. I expect it to be kind of silly. I'll be honest with you. Uh, and but it wasn't. I mean, he he, he looked good in it. Uh, it did look a little. I'm trying to think what's the word. Uh, it looked a little bit. It looked a little phony. The, the suit itself, actually, on him. There were times yeah. when it looked like I was like, okay, I can tell that's not the greatest made suit in the world. Uh, they're probably not spending as much money on that as they are some of this other stuff. It's the mask that they really wanted to 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 accentuate and to really sell you on with that costume. They want you to see that dragon head. That's what they want, really want you to buy into. Yeah. Uh, and it looked good on him. It really did. Uh, like I said, I wasn't expecting that. I thought it'd be silly looking. Yeah. Uh, but I think the thing that got everybody talking and the scene that everybody is discussing is when at the end of the episode when Peacemaker sits down at the piano, plays Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue on the piano. Uh, it was bad. It was beautiful, wasn't it? It, it really was, and it it's just goes to show that, you know, 
even though John Cena is known for being a wrestler, and you know we have stereotypes in our head about what a pro wrestler should be as an actor and who they should be as a person, that's not necessarily always true. And he is doing a wonderful job acting in this role, uh, and this just completely caught us up by surprise because you know as soon as they started playing this you know i I've, i started watching I, I, I can i can belt out a few tunes on the piano so i know how okay. to, i know how difficult that is like i said I, i'm not good at it by any stretch of the imagination but i can do a couple little things on it uh so i want to see it's like i want to see his hands because if i see his hands i'll know if he's playing and as soon as i saw his hands like oh yeah he's actually playing that and you know that's just to, i never would have thought that about john cena yeah I- Thought to say when we were watching, I was watching with my wife, and I was like, "I think that's Cena playing that." And she was like, "Look at the arms and the hands. Who else has hands and arms like that?" <laughs> exactly. He's like, "It's got to be him." And uh, now that we're mentioning his piano plan, if you go on YouTube, he has John. I mean, uh, James Gunn mentions this on his Twitter. Yeah, I saw that. That uh, that John Cena does in a really impressive. Uh, cover of the Pixies Where Is My Mind mm-hmm. on piano he actually James Gunn's dog died right? and John Cena went on the piano and played this Where Is My Mind the Pixies cover and everyone in there just started bawling right. and he also did this you can find it on YouTube of him playing it's not this time where, mm. where it was with James Gunn but it's another time and it's a man it's it's a really good version that song was also used in Westworld at some point so you'll recognize yeah, it when you start hearing it from but it man it's it's a beautiful song and Cena man the most interesting man in the world we learn stuff about him seems like every week we do and like I said I wasn't expecting this I wasn't expecting that at yeah. all uh, I wasn't expecting this show to take the serious turn it's not and it's still like I said it's still it's still got yeah. plenty of silliness it's still got plenty of fun in it but it is taking a serious turn it's taking a little bit more of a serious turn just kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 did uh, I mean you know that's a really fun fun movie but when uh, Yondu Yondu ends up uh, dying that you know that it changes the tone and complexity and the complexion of that show. You're seeing a little bit of that now with uh, you're seeing that a little bit with pace, uh, Peacemaker. You see he's starting to change the tone a little bit. Did you watch the basically the what's next uh, thing at the end of the episode? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So we're it looks like we're going to get. I think we're going to be done with the White Dragon next week. I don't know. I think that part of the storyline is going to be what they focus more on. Maybe I'm wrong about that, uh, but I think that's what they're going to focus more on. I think we're going to get a bit more of a resolution of that before they do the final resolution with the butterflies. Um, and so I'll be interested to see how they resolve the conflict between Peacemaker and White Dragon. Uh, that's going to be really interesting to watch next week. Yeah, I'm interested too because, uh, I mean, does he kill his dad? Yeah, I know, because that's going to be one of those things. I mean, he's, you know, his dad obviously wants to kill him. I, I kind of have this feeling that they're going to have this situation where – and I guess let's just make some predictions real quick, so I'll make, I'll make mine. I right. think they're going to get into a situation where White Dragon, Robert Patrick, Augie Smith, whoever you want to call him, uh, is going to have Peacemaker dead to rights, and he's going to have to make a choice, and he's going to look like he's getting ready to kill him, and then he just kind of pulls back. What do you think? I could see that. I also could see Vigilante killing yeah. White Dragon and that causing a conflict between – uh, Peacemaker and Vigilante. That's true. I hadn't thought about that. That's a good point. So, well, well, I, I like, go ahead. You guys would say Vigilante would have no problem killing him. No, I mean he he wanted to kill him in the prison. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so I mean, yeah, I can see that. I'll be interested to see how all that plays 
plays out next week with because uh, like I said it looks like they're going to resolve that conflict before they go and resolve the rest of the stuff with the butterflies uh, so we'll have to wait and see alright let's do some weekly awards uh, Tyrion Lannister who's your Tyrion Lannister so I'm I'm gonna do a co and I know people are gonna say that's cheap but this is our show <laughs> it so is I'm our show do, we can do yeah, whatever we want so. Uh, I'm going to do Co. The first half, Vigilante just owns the show. He does. Mm-hmm. He owns the episode. Uh, it's he's just hilarious. The the and especially the scene where they're escaping. He can't understand what Peace Records right. saying, <laughs> and the the uh, asking questions to the uh, to the to golf is really mm-hmm. funny. And then the conversation in the car. Right. Uh, so the first half, I'm giving it to Vigilante. But then, man, our guy Cena. Showing again, he can act. Mm-hmm. In the second half, it's all him. Yeah, it is. And he really does a superb job of showing off those acting chops and just the the scene with him and Hardcore, you know. And then, like you said, the scene with him at the at the uh, base where he he knows something's up and he won't mm-hmm. tell him. And then him admitting he can't kill. Mm-hmm. And then that fi- that the final part of him playing the beautiful song on the piano, man. John Cena. Yeah, that and that's what pushed it over the edge for me for Peacemaker because I was thinking the same thing. I thought Vigilante was doing, you know, he was just stealing the show in the first part of the episode, but Peacemaker stole it back. And that, yeah. excuse me, and that that episode, that part where he starts playing the piano, that just that just put it over. And the edge here's for me. a question for you. Mm-hmm. I just, it just hit me all of a sudden. You think Cena gets some consideration for? Uh, comedy awards like for the Emmys and Golden Globes for Maybe. Best Actor? Maybe. Uh, I'll be interested to see how that plays out. It's so, so uh, it's going to be hard, I think, just because of the fact that they look, they did take a they did take WandaVision. Uh, they took Catherine Hahn, yeah, got nominated. The, she got nominated, plus uh, Paul Bettany got nominated. Oh, okay. Uh, what's your name? Uh, Olsen yeah, uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth Olsen she got nominated so they the Emmys seem to be much more okay with uh, nominating fandom type stuff for their awards I, I could see him getting a nomination I don't think he's going to win it I don't, no I don't I, think he would win yeah. but I think I could see him getting a nomination for, for especially, something especially if it's in the comedy right. bracket yeah so I'll be like I said I'm not sure how they're I'm not sure how they're going to to classify this will they classify it as a comedy will they classify yeah. it as a drama. I mean, it's it's it kind of it has a lot of elements of both. So we'll have to yeah. see how, how that plays out. Yeah, and like you said, he had like we have Atlanta coming back with Donald Glover mm-hmm. and Barry with Bill Hader, who both have won. So right. he'd have no chance of right. winning it. But I think he should get the consideration. I, I, I think he so should too. be a nominee. I, I I think this will get some 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 consideration. Like I said, I'll just be always the. The comic book stuff it always has a hard time breaking through. It, it does. but So we'll have to see if it, it, it's able to. All right, what's your Agatha all along, your best scene from this episode of Peacemaker? It's it's Peacemaker and Vigilante questioning golf yeah. <laughs> with the yes, no's question. <laughs> oh, yes, no, yes. I had actually forgotten about that scene. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Oh, but yeah. Uh, and there are some hilarious lines that uh, – that got consideration uh, for for the for the lot of the week, including I'm getting this weird feeling you're mad at me. <laughs> While John Cena is just screaming, right? Yeah, and then uh, I forgot the question. Vigilante asked about Are you here to uh, to impregnate uh, men and women? Right. Because yeah. Uh, he, uh, yeah, I don't remember what the question was. Well, yeah, and then uh, Peacemaker said. 
uh, Golf says no, and Peacemaker and you see Vigilante go ah, and Peacemaker says, "Dude, you're upset about this." <laughs> and Vigilante's response is, "How else am I supposed to experience motherhood?" motherhood right? <laughs> yeah, like I said, there's just uh, there's just some things that you never thought you'd see or hear in a movie that take place in in this show, which is it's absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Uh, my act all along is the piano scene. I love, I just absolutely yeah. love that scene. I mean, there is, I mean. It was a good episode until then, but it just pushed it over the top for me. Uh, all right. If you come at the King, you best not miss our line of the week. What's yours? It was, and this was the car ride with Peacemaker and Vigilante, with Vigilante saying, how did you know my password to my phone? <laughs> <laughs> and Peacemaker saying, I know my own birthday, dude. <laughs> I, I, I've forgotten about that one. That was a good one. I actually went. I, I can't. I, I can't repeat it just because there are too many f bombs in it. But it's all the lines about uh, when Vigilante asks him about the cloud when he destroys his phone, <laughs> and he's like, "What's the cloud? I don't know what the cloud is." And he like, yeah. "There's a bunch of f bombs." The reason why I love that so much is I'm a technology teacher, uh, and like whenever there is a issue at, with technology at our school, they always come to me. And like they'll like try to get something off their computer, and like I'm like it's like save their documents. I'm like y'all, you have a OneDrive. Like, like well, how can I work on this at home and not have to like save it to a a, a, a jump drive? Like just save it to your OneDrive. You can work on it anywhere. And like what's a OneDrive? I'm like you've had it to, for two years. What what is wrong with you? So uh, so uh, anything when it comes to the cloud, I'm like oh. And I, and I love that that line in that scene too because John Cena's face is like. He is red. He is screaming. His face is making the... Like, He's got just, blood vessels popping everywhere. Yeah. And then that would lead to Vigilante saying, you look like Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, that's, just, that's an actually great scene with them in, in, the, in that car, whatever car it was that they, that they had. So, All right, let's go on. And, oh, actually, before we get to our recommendations. Uh, you got to do no rating. Yeah, you had it at a loss last week. Is it still at a loss? Are we at a Game of Thrones yet? Stu Game of Thrones. What am I playing around with? This is this is the best show on. Yeah, I mean, it's still the Game of Thrones for me. Like I said, uh, this is I don't know what the best episode of these is. These are they're all so good and they're all so they're all so solid and consistent from week to week. Uh, it's just it's just such great television, and I, I look forward to it every Thursday when I get off work to be able to come home and watch it. All right, let's get into recommendations. So what do you got for us this week to recommend to our listeners? First thing uh, is on Apple TV, The After Party. Ah, yes. Sir. It is a murder mystery show with some of the funniest people around, like Tiffany Haddish, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Schwartz, Sam Richardson, um, Elena Glazer, uh, uh, Ike Barinholtz, mm-hmm. those are the Dave Franco. Those are the people you probably are going to recognize. Right. And if you don't know those names, you, once you see them, and it is, it's a murder mystery, and it's really, really funny. We're, we may be doing the show. Yeah. This is a show. Go ahead and start watching it. It's going to get some buzz. People are going, people are going to find out about this one, and it's going to be talked about a lot. Uh, this is the best use of Tiffany Haddish, who is mm. hilarious. She is. She's but, absolutely hilarious. But, this is the best use of her I've seen yet because uh, I think sometimes when people are really funny like her they don't know what to do with them Right. and I, I think that's been kind of a problem in some of the movies since the girls trip movie she was really funny in that mm-hmm. but I think people have struggled what to find her this is this is the lane. Yeah. Put her put her as a cop and more stuff. <laughs> she is really, really good in this. 
and and really funny and the others and each episode uh each episode is a different genre genre movies right of movies so i'm just going to tell you that and uh, i listened to a podcast with sam richardson he said that you can figure out who the person is if you pay attention so that just want to throw that out there but yeah, after we'll party sam richardson is the uh the um the guy from veep who's uh a me uh um was it a meek was that his name Anik, Anik. Anik, yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, so he said that if you watch, if you pay attention, you can f- try to figure out who it is. Okay. This, he said you won't be, like, all of a sudden, the last episode, they come up with some clue that out of nowhere. He said if you pay attention, you'll, okay. you'll, you, you'll find the ending. But So on Apple TV, the after party, we're probably going to cover it yeah, later on. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I think I think you'll, you'll want to get ahead of this. My second one, since we're a John Cena podcast, it seems, <laughs> uh, he, had a, he had a movie on Hulu a few months ago called Vacation Friends. I, I heard about that. It's actually really funny. It, it stars uh, Little Red Howery, um, probably best known for being the the uh, security guard friend and Get Out. And he's a stand-up uh, comedian. He's really funny. So he is proposing to his girlfriend at a resort in Mexico. Okay. And he happens to meet John Cena and his wife, and then hilarity ensues. <laughs> and it's... It's wild. It's funny. It some of it just it's it's just one of these absurd comedies that we right. used to get mm-hmm. when they used to make comedies. Yeah, they don't make a lot of comedies. They don't make them. Uh, hopefully, they'll start putting them on streaming. But this one is really really funny. So since we love John Cena, I, I would recommend that. And my last one, I'm actually going to recommend a network show. Okay. And it's the the new version of The Wonder Years. Oh really? I have not seen it. I watched it. It's it's really good. Uh, it takes place in the same time period but this time it is a black family Mm -hmm. in montgomery alabama but it still say it has the same heart the same feel the same humor as the original show if you love the original show you're gonna love this uh don Cheadle is the narrator he's really good the kid uh that that plays the kevin arnold Mm -hmm. character is is really good uh dule hill is the dad if you know him from psych and uh west wing he's really good i love psych yeah (laughs) So uh, it's it's one of those ones that if if you love the original and I was the same age as Kevin Arnold, uh, so this Wonder Years was a big show for me growing up. So this this is another one I I, I really enjoyed it. All right, cool. All right, I've only got two this week. Uh, my first one is Murderville. I, I talked to you about this. Murderville is just an, it's an absolutely wonderful show to watch. It's it's on Netflix. It is six episodes long. They are all about thirty minutes. I knocked it out in one day. Uh, it's the premise of Murderville is Will Arnett, who is just fantastic in everything that he does. Uh, he plays a detective, and this, det- but the, it's a gimmick show, is what it is. It's it's got this gimmick where uh, he's playing this detective, and he has a celebrity who is joining him to solve this crime. But the the kicker is the celebrity doesn't have a script, and so he's having to whoever the celebrity he or she might be is having to ad-lib their way through this and at the end of the episode it's the celebrity who has to try to figure out and accuse of the crime and figure out who actually committed the crime and sometimes they get it sometimes they don't but just watching these celebrities interact with will arnett who is just having the time of his life and just because some of them just can like there are six the six celebrities that are on the show uh the first episode is conan o'brien second episode is marshawn lynch Third is uh, Kamel Nanjiani. 
Yeah. Uh, fourth episode is Annie Murphy. Uh, fifth is Sharon Stone, and the last episode is Ken Jeong. I mean, some of them are able to like keep a straight face through it, and some of them can't. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the it's one of the best parts is when they when, right, right. when they like cannot keep a straight face because Will Arnett is just doing some of the most insane stuff that they've ever seen. They just can't like. Are we really doing this? But it's 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 fun. Like I said, it's a gimmick. Uh, I, they and you and I were talking about this uh, via text. They could do a ton of seasons of this. It's yeah. it, it, it's not hard. Uh, it's not expensive. It probably is easy to put together real quick. One because one of the people in the in the show doesn't have a script. So I mean, they, right. there's, there's no really way they can screw it up for the most part. Uh, but it's just a fun, fun show. Like I said, if you, if you haven't watched it, you should absolutely. Get and on the celebrities show. really get into it. They, they all, do. they all, all six of them do a really good job. And there is a scene in Kamel's that I had to pause because we were laughing so hard. The walk scene. Yes, yes. <laughs> don't just end it. Don't say anymore. Yeah, that's all I'll say. The walk scene. Yeah, uh, we, we, we we had to stop. Real quick, who is your favorite of the of the six? Uh, I would say Kamel uh-huh. and then Conan and Marshawn Lynch. I thought Marshawn Lynch was really funny. Yeah. And I see him coming. Yeah, he was a little surprising. Uh, Conan was my favorite. Because I think Conan, yeah. Conan was the one who, who was able to go the most with Will. I mean, he was able Oh, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, that's one of the things I liked, I liked about his. And, and, so much. and I like when Will, Will got cracked up a couple of times. Conan made him laugh and yeah. Kamel did as well. Right. Yeah. I think Marshawn Lynch did too. But it was, yeah. Now, Will Arnett, man, I'm with you. He's just so great. Yeah, there was one scene in in the Kamel episode where Will was having to cover his mouth, yeah. and he was like, "Oh my gosh, I, I, even I can't control it at this point." So, but yeah, it's just great. Uh, the other, the other, uh, I was going to re- watch Reacher. Uh, I just didn't get a chance to go on Amazon t- Prime. It looks good, uh, so I'm going to yeah. try to. Watch I'm going to check that out at some point too. Uh, so I'm going to try to check that out. I was going to do it this week, but I didn't get a chance to. My other recommendation though is just Apple TV Plus. There are, I think there's a lot of people who don't know about Apple TV Plus, who don't have it. Uh, I mean, we hear about Ted Lasso whenever it comes out, but there's a lot of other good stuff on Apple TV Plus. We we just mentioned the after party. Um, Something I watched when I was recovering from COVID was I watched both seasons of For All Mankind. I was was very skeptical about that show just because – the, the image I had was the, the astronauts walking around with guns. Like, okay, that just looks kind of stupid. But it's not that. I mean, that, I don't know why they went with that as, like, the cover art. Because that's... Yeah, yeah. That is not what that show was about. I mean, it, there are parts of that in there. Don't get me wrong. But that's that's not what that show is about. Uh, I love Mythic Quest. I don't know if you've seen Yeah, Mythic I've Quest, watched it. It's good, too. It's spectacular. Uh, Foundation that was on last... Uh, during uh, last fall was really, really good. It's kind of complicated, uh, but it's really good. Uh, I talked last week about Servant. Uh, like I said, I just don't know that – I don't know that many people that actually watch anything on Apple TV Plus outside of Ted Lasso, and they're yeah. missing a lot of really great stuff. And they had two really good movies that they've put out in the last year. Uh, Coda. One, yeah, you mentioned that one. Coda too, yeah. is uh, – that's getting Oscar buzz. And it's a it's a coming-of-age story that makes you feel good. It's about uh, a child of death of – death, uh, parents and right. it's 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 really good and the other one is swan song uh with uh mahershala ali okay you would like it you need to look into it it's a, it's swan, about song? A, swan song it's okay. about a guy who's dying of cancer and he can uh use a body to take over for him okay. a robot oh that's cool that does and good. it's 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 uh mahershala ali who's yeah i like him good. he's really good and then uh, oh i can't wait for him and blade oh, i yes. cannot wait <laughs> and uh glenn close 
is the uh, is the owner of the robotics place, and it it does not go like you think you're going to go, like you think it will. Awesome. But it's it's really good. It's it's on there as well. Yeah, like I said, Apple TV Plus. If you sometimes if you get a new phone or something, they will give you like a six month subscription mm-hmm. for free. So like I said, just check it out, and it's cheap. It's like five bucks. So I mean, it's not one that like is going to kill you if 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 you get it. So, uh, and also the first season of Ted Lasso is incredible. Yes, it is. Second season is good of Ted Lasso. Yeah. It's not as good as the first, but right. the first season of Ted Lasso was just some of the most amazing stuff I've ever seen. So, all right, uh, all right. Real quick before we head out, do you uh, where can they follow you on Twitter or whatever? Ryan Nell seventy six. And you can follow me at Justin M. Strawn. You can follow the show at the MA underscore podcast. I don't like that Twitter handle, but it was all I could come up with and it's all that I had available. Uh, but like I said, you can go onto Twitter and you can follow us there. Uh, any other thoughts before we head out? Just really having fun with the show and looking forward to talking to y'all next week. That's right, because next week we will be wrapping up the Book of Boba Fett. It is the season finale and the penultimate episode of Peacemaker. So we'll have to see how those uh, shows play out. So, All right, guys, until next week, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.